Very cool. That is cool. Till we're all growing a beard. A man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beer. Hey, good morning, everybody. This good is morning. Behind the Beards. Um, and on Behind the Beards, we pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes, and do our best to reveal the things that you need to know about your ministers and your ministry leaders. I'm Joshua Fowler, a preaching minister still in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Wow. Um, I know. My partner Congrats. here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, a man in transition, now officially in transition, right? I am almost like jobless, you could almost say, but not really. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're in transition. We're moving to Texas, but we are taking this week. There was a bit of confusion with a lot of people at um, at our old church, <laughs> Central. That's weird to say. Because they're like, well, have a safe drive to Texas tomorrow. And I was like, oh, well, thank I'm not <laughs> going. Yeah, thank you. Um, so we flew to Oregon. I'm going to actually officiate my... Uh, my aunt who passed away uh, memorial service today. Um, I'm very honored to do that. But um, I, you're laughing at the no, cuckoo I'm clock. Not, not, the cuckoo at, clock. I'm sorry. not at the funeral. <laughs> it's a little rude. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, so so we're going to – I get to do that today. I was honored to do that. Um, but then we're taking this week also as – and it actually really fits with what our topic is today. So this is kind of crazy. But we're going to take this week. Lauren and I are – and uh, we did last night, we prayed, and we're going to be prayerful this whole week to kind of recharge and reset our batteries and refocus us. Um, you know, um, me and I just, is so emotionally tolling, and there's a lot of hooks left in you uh, when leaving your congregation and going to another congregation. And so we're going to try to, it's not necessarily like bad healing or like because of anything bad, but try to you know, recenter and refocus ourselves so that we mm -hmm. can walk into Pine Tree rested and ready uh, to serve uh, and, and kind of do what we need to do. So it's kind of like a workcation. So we are uh, focusing and trying to, uh, uh, like I'm, I'm working on a, um, a vision guide uh, for the year. Uh, I'm going to work on a couple meetings that I want to put together when, as soon as I get there. Um, the, the youth group has no social media presence. So creating uh, a social media platform for that entire youth group uh, over, you know, three different social medias and getting those going. Um, so that kind of stuff. But but so I am actually in Oregon. I am a true millennial. I lived with my in-laws for the last three weeks and now I'm <laughs> in my parents' house for this 10 days. So check that off the box. That's right. You've come full circle. Um, mm. But you know that's that's your native land, right? The North that's, the Pacific Northwest. You know it is, but um, we're gonna lose a lot of viewers. But like, I don't miss it. Like, I I do love Oregon and everything great about it. But um, it just it is what it is. You know, I I have really enjoyed the Midwest. I think I'm gonna really enjoy Texas. <laughs> so um, you will. In fact, when you get to Texas, you'll no longer be from the Pacific Northwest. You'll be from Texas. Yes, I'll just be claimed. That's right. If you've ever lived in Texas, you are always from Texas. At least that's how we Texans think. That's how we think. Um, I haven't lived in Texas in, since I was 18 years old, but uh, mm -hmm. I still call myself a Texan. So, 
I think Lauren's afraid that I'm going to pick up a draw. I have a bad I have a bad habit of like picking up accents. We had a, a preaching intern and he was from France and uh and like when I like after I'd hung out with him all day, like I would have a little bit of a French English accent and Lauren would be like, "Why are you talking that way?" <laughs> so, um I'm not really worried about Sam picking up a draw, but I probably will. So, howdy y'all. It's right, good yeah. to see you. Although they don't really talk about that in East Texas, so it won't be too bad. So we'll a little citified there in East Texas. Don't don't tell your people I said that, but yeah. no we'll edit that part out. That's right. That's right. The power, the power of post. The power of post. No, I'm uh, I'm super not not excited for why you're up there, but I know it's good just to have some space to to decompress, um, to process everything that has transpired. Um, and then to prepare to move forward. That's um, that is not something that that I'm really very good about. Um, mm. The rest, you know, we were talking, you know, about about the need for rest, mm-hmm. and I, sometimes we confuse rest and sleep. Oh uh, yeah, that, totally. That man, I'll I'll sleep for not not often but sometimes if i have a day off maybe the kids are out of school um i can't sleep past nine o'clock or else i wake up with a terrible terrible headache and i just feel awful all day but you know we'll turn in early or we'll watch a movie and, and i'll fall asleep like at nine or nine thirty, and then get up and go to bed and i'll sleep all night so you end up with like 10 or 11 hours of sleep and you wake up and like mentally it's just like i don't feel rested i know i slept a ton um, but I just don't feel rested. Right. Yeah. And so there's this, this important distinction um, that it's not just about, you know, going to sleep on time, but there's something really, really important. And, you know, this is true, whether you're, you know, in, in ministry in church work, even in secular work, there is an, a, there's a real need that we have to, to just be rested. Um, you ever had those moments where you've like slept forever and woke up and felt like you just went to sleep? <laughs> uh, so like right now uh, <laughs> from jet lag. Um, so when you were talking about that, like it, it really makes me like, it really makes me think about that whole idea. The soul, like, uh, you know, when I'm done with a lock-in, like I'm really tired and then I sleep till about noon, uh, you know, from eight to noon. And then I wake up and like, I'm really tired. Um but that's like easy to like reset, you know? Uh, so it's not really rest that I'm craving. It's, it's more sleep. Um, but after June and July for youth ministry, um, we try to go on vacation in August and I'm craving that rest that comes with that. I'm craving. I love people are like, well, you always go to Oregon and then you always go camping. Like, is that fun? Like you're sleeping in a tent. And I'm like, <laughs> I get to turn my phone off and I get to be with my uh, family. I get to be with Sam. I get to be with Lauren and I disconnect from everything. And we're singing songs and we're having biblical discussions and reading our Bibles and doing this kind of stuff that our family enjoys doing and playing games. And yeah, you just, you know, I, I crave that rest because I've been going, 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 going nonstop. And yeah, throughout the year, I find myself, I find myself going, man, I need to take like two days. I need to take a day at the least 
and find God in the midst of all of this. And I need to find this peace, this rest that comes from that. Because I, I do, like I'll, I'll get overwhelmed and overtired because it's all about what can I do um, and keeping things going. Yeah, and it's not always, like the first place I go in my mind when I think about rest is I think about escape. Yeah. I've got to get, I've got to get out of this mm-hmm. setting. I've got to get out of this moment, this or not even the moment, but I've got to get out of this environment. Um, you know, Jody uh, has, has a day, you know, where she's off of school this week and um, we'll probably just take the top off the Jeep and we'll drive out to fountain blue, which is on the side of the poncha train and just throw up some hammocks, hang out over the lake for a little while. And so I think about that. I think about going out to the beach because the beach for us is not very far away and just spending a day on the beach in the sun. Um, you could use your phone there, but you can't see your phone very well. So it's really not right. that great. Um, I can't take my computer. You know, there's too much sand. Wouldn't want to lug it around anyway. And so it kind of has this force to get away. Or I think about going up into the mountains and, and going skiing or going hiking. And and so it's it's frequently about about escape Mm -hmm. um and that's an important thing escape that's right uh it's an important aspect of rest but uh, i think when we always think about that escapist mentality i think we miss a really really important part of rest which is the ability to just take yourself out of the moment right and have those sometimes it's just momentary moments of just okay nope i've got to take a minute i need to recenter um Maybe it's 15 minutes, maybe it's 30, maybe it's an hour, but it's here in the midst of the chaos, in the midst mm-hmm. of the hustle and bustle of life. And and to be able to just allow whatever it is that I've been doing to kind of sink in into process. Yeah. And maybe absolutely. it's more about processing than it is about rest. I'm not I'm not sure, but for me it's um, about putting in that time and that work of of um okay, so sometimes for me, this is not always, but sometimes for me, rest comes with Am I taking care of myself? Um, am I taking care? Because, you know, when I was in college, um, it was so funny. I thought that this is, I thought this professor was like, just, it's funny when you think you know more than somebody. Uh, and then you realize, man, I just don't know anything. But um, I don't even remember who it was, but this professor uh, was like in our our um, uh, ministry Bible class, because we were all ministry majors, right? And he said to us, he said, hey, uh, you need to make sure that you're staying on top of your personal uh, devotions, your personal reading your Bible life. Um, he says, because you're going to get to a place where, uh, you know, you're taking three or four Bible classes a semester. So you're reading the Bible all the time, but you're reading it for class. You're reading it for a test. You're reading it for this. Um, but you won't be reading it for you and for personal growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hearing what God is trying to tell you in that sense. And I was like, yeah, yeah, right. Like, no way. Like if you're dwelling in God's word and you're doing this and he was like, right. And like, you find yourself in a place. And I was like, man, I haven't just like read my Bible to like, listen to God for a long time. I've read my Bible because, you know, I have to read it for old Testament, you know, and that becomes like the same thing in, in work here. Like I read my Bible almost every day. But, you know, it's because I'm teaching class on Sunday. I'm doing a class on Wednesday. I've got 
a church camp that's coming up and I'm preparing for that. I'm preparing a memorial service. So I'm reading God's word in order to gain inspiration of ways to, to work God in, into this time, you know, but have I stopped and have I read God's word, you know, for me, or is it all just about work? Uh, and so being able to stop and pause and say, okay, this is about my spiritual health. This is about my cup being filled by God. And uh, I think I find myself in that place quite often where I need rest is translated to me as I need to fill my cup um, with God. You know, um, one more thing real quick. I, um, <laughs> well, one more thing is, is that um, I was just thinking about this the other day is like, I never get to go to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, like sometimes people don't get this. Like I never get to go to church. Uh, when I go to church, I'm working, right? Uh, I'm working. And even if I'm not preaching, like even the Sundays that I'm not preaching, uh, we didn't have Bible class for a little bit while, but we had in-person service. I'm working. I am, I am that guy that's looking around. I'm trying to see who's here. Who am I going to talk to afterwards? Who am I going to check in with? Make sure they're doing okay. Hey, was the song service going well? Hey, did somebody stand up for that prayer? Do I need to go uh, and be there? Did somebody show up? All these kind of things are working all the time, right? Um, And then you put like teaching Bible class and everything on top of that on Sunday. And so you're like, okay, I've got X amount. So I'm working on Sunday mornings. And then uh, same thing for Wednesday nights. And so... um. You know, and then people are like, well, but you get to go on like mission trip. And when you go on mission trip, you go to churches there. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm managing the youth group and all of these kids everywhere, you know. And so it's like I never get to just go to church. Um, And so like uh, we were just presented with this opportunity at Pine Tree about taking a sabbatical Sunday uh, once a quarter uh, to go and to worship at another congregation maybe have lunch with that minister afterwards and then kind of talk about your experience after. And I was like, that is the most valuable thing that you could have offered me because what you're telling me is, Hey, we want to make sure you cover all of your stuff so that it goes off without a flaw because that's responsible. But then we want you to be able to worship and, um, Mm -hmm. and truly be able to worship, uh, you know, and, and do exactly what you say. And so uh, Frodo nails it here, right? Like John, I don't know if you like being called Frodo, but I always say that instead of Jonathan. But yeah, it's hard to focus on worship when you're in charge of things. Uh, And not even just like in charge of things, but I feel like even just being like the youth minister, I guess that would be in charge of things. But I was thinking like in charge of worship. Um, Yeah, it's definitely in charge of things. And the, the truth is, it doesn't matter in what capacity you're there. They know who you are. Yes. And because they know who you are, there is a different expectation um, and even a different responsibility that we have. Sometimes that's conferred on us by other people. Sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes we assume that people have an expectation that they don't have. And, and maybe sometimes our expectations of ourselves are, uh, are even heavier than what other people put on us. Mm-hmm. Because we understand the importance of what it is that we're called to do. Well, it was like um, that thing. I just saw that ping pong ball challenge. You've seen that before um, where it's like, you know, parents have this many hours and ping pong balls with their kids and, and mm-hmm. ministers have this amount of time, you know, and there's such a little bit of time. 
So then like when we go to church or we have these things, like that's my little bit of time and I can't squander that. You know, I can't waste that. I've got to take every opportunity that I see because they, I don't have that many, you know? Um, and so that builds into that, that cup being drained and drained and drained and me not filling it uh, with, with that worship, with, with that God time. Well, and, and what's really uh, pointed and one of the things when I kind of mentioned this to you about this episode this morning was, um, I mean, last week when we planned this episode, uh, that's right. Exactly. Not last this week, not this morning. Um, Tuesday rolls by in a hurry, man. I'm going to tell you. It does. Sneaks up on uh, you. We just got into Hebrews in my uh, daily Bible reading. I've got a group of, of friends and acquaintances that are in a little version group. And so we just got into Hebrews, but we just came out of Leviticus. Mm. And, you know, Leviticus is a hard read. But when you go from Leviticus to Hebrews, it makes Hebrews really... Um, popped differently when you're mm. talking about Jesus as a great high priest and the fulfillment of, of all the law and the sacrifices and all these things because you've just read about them. Mm-hmm. But Leviticus ends with this command for, for rest and he talks about the Sabbath. Um, and it's all about, you know, every seventh year the land lies fallow. And then you have the Jubilee. And every 50 years you have this reset. Um, he talks about the Sabbath, you know, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. God rested on the seventh day. And so there is created in us this deep, deep need to just stop for a moment and, and be still be at rest. And I I think maybe we, we take that for granted a lot. We recognize, you know, Jesus often seems like, you know, he, he feeds the 5,000 and what does he do immediately? He goes up in the hill to to pray and rest. He finds places early in the morning to go and rest. Um, he he is always taking that time to to go away, to be alone, and to be still. Um, and I just don't know if we understand. We know that it's important, but do we mm-hmm. understand that it is created as a part of our DNA to crave that, and we don't function well without it. Yeah, quoting my own sermons to me, so thanks for that. Um, oh, yeah, my bad. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, you're completely right. So did you happen to see that Christian Chronicle article that came out this last week? Um, you were telling me about it, but I have I have not seen it. It is. Um, it was pretty interesting. It's pretty. It was pretty powerful for me to just kind of read, and it's mainly powerful to me, not because of like um, – you know, oh, it had this really strong message, but it, it gives that sense of unity to me. It also like I enjoy reading articles about youth ministry and I go, yes, they're doing it, too. Or it's happening to them as well. You know what I mean? Um, that's what right. I really love about the, the, the National Conference of Youth Ministry is you get around a table and people like start talking about youth ministry. And they're like, do you guys like do you have this problem? And you're like, yes. Oh, I thought it was only me or my group, you know, and it's like, oh, no, it's like everybody. So there was a quote in here um oh i had it now i don't know where it is uh but anyway he talked about um he said 
said he's not saying that service projects in summer camps and mission trips south of the U.S. border are bad. In fact, he's eager to resume them all things. But he wants to give his teens and their families and himself time to breathe. We were giving them things to do all the time, but not necessarily having quality things come out of it. He said, I was just overworked and overscheduled. And that was Drew Denman. Uh, and that's in that Christian Chronicle article. And boy, when I read that, I just, I felt, um, felt my heart get pricked. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's exactly how I felt. Like just, just overwhelmed uh, with how much stuff we're doing just to do stuff. And that idea of just, of just having stuff and doing stuff instead of focusing on, on quality. Um, so it was just, uh, it was just kind of like really interesting. And that idea of being able to, I guess what I really liked about that quote was that idea of, I just wanted to give them and I just wanted to give myself a place or a time uh, to breathe. Uh, and that was like, that's the most important thing is when we talk about rest, I think there's a moment where you do, you just have to take like a big breath. Like, what do we say when somebody's really upset? Okay. T- take a deep breath. Take a breath. Take a breath. You know, um, we get punched in the stomach. What do you need? Take a deep breath, you know, try to get your breathing back, all of these kind of things. And so we need to do that in our lives as well. And especially for rest. And so, um, like, am I sad that, um, you know, I'm here for my aunt's memorial service? Well, I am, but I also feel outrageously blessed from God to be given this gift of a week where my wife and I can breathe in the chaos of moving. And if you've never moved across state lines, it is, it is chaotic. You know, I cannot tell you how stressful and trusting in God it was, but how stressful it is to sell your house in six hours, call a realtor, get a hotel, go down to where you're going to move, look at houses for two days, realize on the first day that none of those houses were acceptable to live in and have the fear in your head. If I don't find the house tomorrow, I don't know where we're going to live in 30 days when we're supposed to be down there working. Right. You know, and what does that mean? What does that look like? What's it going to do? You know? Um, And so to be able to like legitimately, it's like, I've been holding my breath crossing all my T's, dotting all my I's, getting everything ready. Um, all these emotional conversations, everything. Like, it's just draining <sighs> to be here this week and just to breathe. Spend the first part of the week praying for Central, thanking God for all the blessings that he has given us at, at Central. And then spending the second half of the week praying for Pine Tree, praying for us. Praying for what does it look like starting a new ministry job in year two of COVID, mm-hmm. you know, um, and all that kind of stuff. And so being able to like legitimately take that breath, like I just don't feel like I get those opportunities very often where you get to take a breath. I think COVID was a giant, I think 2020, yeah, you could list all the the garbage that went on and how hard it was for us. But sometimes I kind of think it was God like karate chopping us in the throat <laughs> and go breathe in the beard. 
We're in the beard. Yeah. Well, yeah. my beard protects my neck. So all three of them. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and well, so like, yeah, taking that, taking that breath. If we, if we know that we're created for it, if we know that it's important, um, if we, we know, see it's an example from the beginning, <laughs> why is it so hard to sit? Yes. In, right. That's the question. The, when, when, when all this stuff first started a year ago, a year ago, isn't that crazy? Everyone went into lockdown mode and everyone looked around and almost without fail, what did they say? Our lives are too busy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Look at the time I can spend with my family now. Look at the things that I'm able to do, the conversations I'm able to have, the, the closeness um, and um, the kind of intimacy that we are now able to create in this margin that we have now been, has now been created by a little virus. Yeah. Um, and we recognize that. And we also recognize how much of a value gathering together as a Christian community was. We had taken for granted our families. We had taken for granted our time and we had taken for granted our church gatherings. We recognized that right off and we sat in that um, and we sat in that for a little while, but how long did it take before people started saying, when are we going back to normal? When are we going back to normal? When are things going to be normal again? Yeah. Like it, it was not very long. You know, the, the basketball March madness tournament got canceled. Um, the NBA season got canceled or pushed back. The NFL season became threatened and everyone said, um okay we can't live like this it's too quiet there there i have too much room to think i think that's what went on because in that space in that point of rest in that margin you really have to to confront some things in your own life in your own mind in your own heart that that maybe we're just not willing to confront um and our culture has told us hey you know how to solve that just get busy. In fact, successful people are busy. And the busier you are, the more successful you look, the more sports your kids play, the more balanced and well-rounded he will be. And he will just be all things to all people. And I think Satan has used a lot of godly kind of motives to fill our lives outside of the church with... Um, um, <laughs> to, to fill our lives outside of the church with, with that kind of mentality. And, and I, we've allowed it to creep into the church to where, to where now as a minister, if I'm going to be a successful minister, I'm keeping my people busy. Yes. There's a project every week. There's an event every week. This week it's for the youth and we have a service project. And next week it's with the older group that mm -hmm. we have and with this week it's with the singles and with the next week it's with the college but we're always going 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 and these families have points of contact in each of those groups so now our culture and our communities are keeping them busy their schools are keeping them busy their activities are keeping them busy and as a church we're like yeah we'll contribute to that we want a piece of that too yeah um and mm -hmm. and it just becomes this chaotic point of life 
that we've grown comfortable in the chaos. Yeah. And we are uncomfortable in Man. rest. And you are you're setting this up perfectly. This is like Josh is like you have to trust me, okay? This is a, a like a 2 minute commercial <laughs> that I really want to play cuz it it plays into this. And when this this was like in 2016 by Christopher Waltz uh, and it was a Samsung Galaxy Note commercial and it made me it made me like not want to buy a Samsung, but it made me like really sad uh, when I watched this. Do you remember this commercial? Uh, if it was for Samsung, I probably ignored it. Okay. Can you hear this? I don't understand you. Yes. Always working all the time. Busy, busy, busy. Now you have this Galaxy Note 7. So you can do even more. Really? You already multitask so much. It's just like regular tasking at this point. You never take vacation, but even if you do, you can't help but work. You get more done before 8 a.m. than the rest of the world, and we're hours ahead of you. Curricula was not enough, so you had to create extra curricula. Ryan! Nice picture. You're never happy just winning something. Yeah! World record. You're only happy winning everything. But what has that tireless ambition ever gotten you, America? Hmm? Yeah, you built your own country from nothing. Yes, you're responsible for modern democracy. Oh, it's kind of a big one. And yes, sure, you're the greatest, most influential nation in the world. Where dreams come true. Hey, Chris, working hard or hardly working. Oh, neighbor. <laughs> Thanks to the Samsung Galaxy Note 7 with S Pen. Perfect for busy Americans like us. It unlocks with my eyes. Do more. So I watched this like this video, right? And like I for me it did not have the it did not have the the effect that I think that they wanted. Because I watched that first part. And yeah, he lists some like really great things about like our culture. You know, hey, we're responsible for these, you know, some of these things. We can claim those. Mm -hmm. But like everything else just made me like super sad. Like you weren't busy enough. So you created extra curricular, you know, <laughs> uh, when you do go on vacation, you are working, you know, uh, for me, when I watched that, I was like, you know, and then you have him, you know, as a woman holding the baby on the phone, on the bicycle. He was like, you are already multitasking, so now it's just kind of like regular tasking. Regular tasking, right? And um, like I don't know, like I don't know. Does that resonate with you? What's your um, what's your blind well, reaction? It does not resonate me. It haunts me. Um, <laughs> it it haunts me because I have look. I've I've I don't want to say I've been that person because in many cases I still am that person. Yeah. Um. In fact, I remember. I remember laughing at, you know, some students when I went back to Oklahoma Christian, I showed up, it was in Greek one uh -huh. and I was in Giggers class and we're sitting there and um, it was not, it was in uh, James because we had to write a, a paper on the book of James, an introduction to James. And I had written a, pa a, a paper and I mean, these guys were like, oh, I didn't have time. I was like, don't tell me you didn't have time, you know, and they're like, what? And I say, like, look. 
I got home from class. I picked up my son from school. As soon as we got home from school, I took my daughter to gymnastics and dropped her off at the gym. I came back. I picked up my other son, and we went to baseball practice. After baseball practice, my youngest had a game, and we went to a game. Then we got home, and I had to feed my kids and my family dinner, and so we ate dinner. And then I had to speak to my wife. And so then after my wife went to bed, then at 11 o'clock last night, I had a chance to sit down and do the homework. So don't tell me you didn't have time to do your this thing last night. Listen, I and, had to but, watch the whole first season of The Office. Okay, this, so right, but it's this badge of honor, right? Oh, you yeah. think you're busy? I'm busier, and, and we wear it that way. Mm-hmm. And because culture has told us the busier you are, the more successful you are, and we've so allowed that to come into our Christianity that that has completely abandoned a God that says, "Be still." and know that I am God. And that doesn't mean that we aren't active. It doesn't mean that we don't have to go do things. But it does mean that in the very beginning, God commanded his people to stop and rest. You may mm-hmm. not work on the Sabbath. That is my day. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not my day because God needs us to give him a day. It's God's day because he knows that if we're left to our own devices, we will consume every minute we have with fleshly things. Mm-hmm. He says, look, you need a day to just be still. You need a day that's devoted um, to to rest, to recovery, and and ultimately to to rest in him, you know, and, and to give him that day as a, as a little piece of holiness. So, man, it's uh, it's so, so tough and it's and it's hard for us. Here's the hard thing for me as a minister. I see it in my people. I see it in myself. I have to work really, really hard to see how is my ministry creating this environment in others. Um, and to, to create a ministry to the church and to the people that gives them what they need, that inspires them to be better and to be more for God, but doesn't um, perpetuate this, this culture of, of chaos. That's that's the real challenging part for me, right? Um, well, and this maybe plays this plays this might be a good place to kind of like slow down and and shut off the podcast for today because it kind of plays into that idea that we might be able to talk about next week, which is like where do we find our self worth? You know, we um, this is a message that we are we are currently you know preaching to our teens and to our our church members. You know, where do you find your self worth? You know, and of course, our answer is we find our self-worth in God's love for us. And we say that, but do we really mean and believe that? You know, do I find my self-worth by all the things that I'm doing? You know, by all the accomplishments that I have made? Um, you know, do you do you do your effectiveness of a youth program by the amount of teens that showed up? Or about the relationships that were built and strengthened because of that uh, event, you know, um, those are some really tough and really good questions for us to meditate and really dwell and think on. Um, and some that I've even sat in a an elders room, um, you know, and I just talked about an amazing mission trip that we just did. I talked about the devotional settings in which we got to study God's word and that we got to praise and we got to sing. You know, there's something about working all day in the sun for other people, eating good food, uh, and then like being like that kind of like really tired, 
but then finding that perfect place with your youth group and singing worship songs and having a small devotional that that is the sweetest devotional ever because you're you're tired and your barriers and your walls are down and so you're just there to worship god and you're just there to like soak in his goodness and give you the strength for the next day you know and and i've sat in that room and i've explained that and what went on and those relationships and those moments that these kids are going to remember forever and i've had somebody turn to me and say yeah but were you were you excited that you had nine kids go out of the 45 you have on roster and i i sit there and i go yes <laughs> like did you not just hear what i talk about those nine kids that went just had this amazing experience and I want you now to go talk to them and ask them about that. Give them that opportunity to share this with you, uh, the kind of idea, you know. And so where do we find our self-worth, you know? And if we are not finding our self-worth truly in God, then when are we going to be able to stop and breathe and rest? Because we are trying to prove ourselves uh, that we're effective, that we're youth youth useful see if i can get the right word out uh and all those yeah, I want to be things, useful right? too. Uh, yeah, yeah i so do i as i get older my back hurts more and more so uh <laughs> um so I, I don't know maybe i just like hit a hit a crazy left field out of bounds ball sports no, no. love it i think uh yeah that's right no i think that's it and it is a whole nother conversation you know to mm -hmm. to look at that and it's you know it's a good time we have you know, when you have church online, everybody's looking at analytics. Everybody's looking at views. Everybody's right. looking at all of these things. It's like, where do you find your value? Where do you find your identity? Where do you find your worth? Um, this isn't really a behind the beards moment, but, you know, Jonathan just says, in all seriousness, it's become obvious how much we took things for granted. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want personally to go back to those first few weeks and, and I want to take us back as a church, back to those first few weeks when we remembered and realized um, how much we were missing out on because of the chaos. Mm -hmm. um, I, and, and I want us to find a way to capture that. And, and even though it's really uncomfortable, mm -hmm. um, when you realize what actually needs to change in order to um, capitalize on, on that margin, Mm -hmm. um, to lean into that discomfort and really ask what is most important. Yeah. Um, what do I want to be the priority of my life, of my children's life, of my church's life, of, of, of life. And, and at the first sign of discomfort to not just run back to what we know. Yeah. Right. It's, it's kind of like a drug addict who they go into, they go into recovery and while they're in recovery, they're, they're great. They go through detox, everything's feeling good. And then they get out of the recovery house and they get back into real life and they realize the real world is still the terrible place it was that I left. Yeah. And making things right and doing things the right way is really, really hard. But I know all the people that got me into the mess before and they know me and they love me and they don't even ask questions about where I've been. And so I'm just going to fall back into those old habits because it's, easy and it's familiar even though it's terrible for me and it's destroying me yeah and i really feel like that's what we've done is okay i'm aware we were unhealthy we needed to make some changes oh that's what changes look like i'm not sure i'm up for that kind of work 
let's just go back to what we know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know it's destroying me. And now I know we're rotten, rotting from the inside out. Yes, I know our relationships are deteriorating at rapid paces, um, but it's comfortable. <laughs> but I know it. And, <laughs> that's right. And and the world thinks I'm successful. That's right. Yeah. And so I have a place and I know where my place is. Um, and we've got to be willing just to lean into that discomfort and say, I'm willing to be uncomfortable because it's going to be better for me in the long run. And it's the way God created me to be. It's like that song. Um, My chains are gone. I've mm-hmm. been set free. Um, and really living in that, in that freedom that Christ and God has really given us uh, in all things and living in that freedom. I mean, like living in that freedom to be able to rest and to be able to have that. Um, it's powerful. Yeah. So maybe that is a behind the beers moment. I don't know. It's not really I, about ministry. I think it's I think fine. It's about Christianity, so. Well, I know. Yeah. Ooh, this just turned into a ministry podcast. Crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the behind the beers moment is, is, you know, we're all, we're all really busy. I think the, okay. In all honesty, like if I'm going to give you a true behind the beard moment, it's this, if I'm the average day church goer person, realize that your minister struggles with this just as much as you do um that you're busy you feel like you're pulled in all directions and a minister feels like that too and we feel an obligation to try to just slide in one more thing um because you know of what we are told and what we know is really important which is you know our christianity and we're told and we know that putting god first is what we're supposed to do and so we try to do what we can so that you can have these opportunities to truly make God first in your life. But sometimes we fall short in the fact that we just add too much stuff, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and all those kind of things. But we are also struggling with that. We're struggling not with putting God first, but slowing down and taking those moments of rest. Um, And so um, uh, we all, there's just this, it's not just like the church needs to realize this, the elders or the deacons, or the ministers it's it's we all need to have this realization we all need to hit this hard reset um and and really change the culture right like we've got to be counter-cultural i think if the church ever looks like the normal world we've missed it right (laughs) right and uh, i think in a lot of ways um we're missing it because we're trying to fit this cultural cookie cutter uh so but change can't happen just from the ministers can't just happen from the shepherds it has to happen for the entire flock to have their their this idea and and go with it and we all have to be countercultural. um so that's what i have to say about that so we want to thank you guys for being here today we appreciate you and we love you and we want to hear your guys's opinions so uh, you can check all over our podcast here. We've got social media links. We have email links, everything like that. Please reach out to us and let us know. Maybe there's a question that you want to talk about, you want us to talk about on the show uh, and things like that. Send those to us. We are happy and excited to look those over. We do respond. So that's kind of a cool thing. Um, so hit us up. Reach out to us. That would be really great. Uh, but we also want to remind you of this, Galatians 6, 9. Don't grow weary in doing good. Okay. That's the number one thing we really want you to remember. And that's what we want to remember in this podcast because this world is messy and life is messy. So let's allow Christ to use us to do something different, something good in his name. Uh, I'm Aaron. 
And this is Josh, and we will see you next week on Behind the Beards. Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for 